The Last Word on Sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie. What a great weekend of hurling we have ahead of us. Tomorrow evening in Croke Park, Limerick against Galway. On Sunday afternoon, we have Kilkenny against Clare. Two Leinster Championship teams against two Munster Championship teams. Limerick going for the four in a row. Now, we'll start. We have James O'Connor with us, former All-Ireland winner with Clare. We have Seamus Hickey, former All-Ireland winner with Limerick. We have John McIntyre, the former Galway manager and former Tipperary hurler with us to discuss the games. Let's start with the Limerick and Galway game tomorrow because Seamus Hickey, you've been without Sean Finn and you've been able to deal with it just about a full back. But now to have lost your centre half in Declan Hannan as well. How much of an issue is that going to be for the defensive solidity of Limerick? Yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, losing Sean at the beginning of the year, we, we, we've we got good depth in the full-back line. You know, we still have Richie English there to actually come off the bench if needed. Be Mike Casey is obviously you know an, an all-star full-back. You know, we were, were doing well there. Dan Morrissey has proven his credentials there. So we were we were confident enough that we could cope but you know Declan to me is just uh, and I've said it to, to, to many people in the last couple of weeks he just his presence it solidifies and it's a cohesiveness in the spec six that that we just don't typically have without him so yeah I, I, we're, we're going to miss him but, and, and then is Kyle Hayes really going to play at six because there's so, been rumours that Keen Lynch has been training there or that Will O'Donoghue has been training there is it going to be Kyle Hayes? So this is what I absolutely love and, and I, as a Limerick person I'm delighted that Limerick have gone as creative they have here because I thought the most logical thing that they that they could do was put Dan Morrissey at six and put Mike Casey to number three like they did that in the league uh, when, when Declan didn't play. So um, I'm really delighted that they actually gone this route because it does leave the door open. Kyle Hayes can absolutely play six and Garrod Hegarty can absolutely play seven. They have done it in the past and even for the year that Garrod is having it might even be a masterstroke um, when I think of the likes of even Joseph Cooney on the Galway team going back to seven and hurling superb stuff after playing half forward so for me it's a move that could work and it could absolutely work but there is that element of yeah, it could be anybody uh, at six and, and to me that's a masterstroke yeah, James O'Connor, what do you think? As you've seen Limerick at such close quarters this year, I mean, will Kyle Hayes really be a six? And indeed, will Gerard Hegarty really be a seven? Yeah, I, I was actually more confident about Galway's chances, Matt, until I until I saw the Limerick team, um, because it now looks a seriously formidable half back line. I mean, you know, you just look at the height alone of these guys, and they're going to be in the the landing zone for for you know the Galway the Galway puck out. So I think if anything, it might give Hagerty a lease of life. Um, you know, it's it's a relatively straightforward position to play. I mean, the way Limerick plays only, it's not like he's going to have to track someone maybe going all over the going all over the field. And you know, I'm sure Henry had his own plans. I mean, Fintan Burke has has tagged Garrod and man-marked him and pulled and dragged him and probably limited his influence in the games Galway have played against you know, Limerick in the championship in recent years. But now those plans, maybe he's got to look differently at them. So yeah, I, I, I thought that Dan Morrissey, Mr. Dependable, who's been excellent at fullback, I thought that you know he would be the obvious replacement given how solid and reliable and as I said, dependable he is. But given Conor Whelan's form you know, for Galway, um, it makes sense maybe to, to have him back there on the edge of the square, assuming, you know, Whelan pitches up at full forward. So I think as well, David Reedy's form 
you know, in the Munster final, he was really good, especially in that second half. Three massive, massively important points in play. And Keane Lynch, back, fully fist, pulling the strings of centre forward. You know, Limerick have, have the options and, and clearly Kylie and Kinnerk have decided this is the best 15 players we've got. And okay, it means a bit of rotation, but it's it's the best way to go about it. And it's not the first time they've pulled a rabbit like this out of the hat, Matt. A couple of years ago against Tip, you know, Keane Lynch expected to be midfield. Kyle Hayes is centre forward, and suddenly Hayes is is, is back at wing back. Keane Lynch is, is at centre forward, and Tibbs' plans to man mark him are, are, are up in smoke. So I'm not surprised they've done this. Okay, John McIntyre, are you taking it that actually Limerick will field in the positions as selected? Well, when I saw the team this evening, I said, "Oh my God, there's not a chance of those 15 players lining out in those positions." But after listening. To Jamesy and, and Seamus Hickey, maybe it's more of a possibility than I thought. And as we know, Garrett Hegarty has been struggling for form in the half-forward line. And it could it could be the makings of him. I don't know. My own hunch is that maybe David Reedy might start centre-forward with Keane Lynch going back in the half-back line and, and Hegarty going up to the, the half-forward line. But that remains to be seen. And as the lads have said, when you look at that Limerick team, even without Hannon and... and um, uh, the cornerback uh, Sean Finn it, it is a form, formidable looking selection and we must re- also acknowledge Matt that over the past five years Limerick have been beaten twice in the championship controversially against Kilkenny in the 2019 semi-final and this year by Clare in the Munster Championship and there's nothing as bad as defending a long unbeaten record when you don't have to and I think that took some of the pressure off Limerick they've had four weeks now since the Munster final there's a perception out there that they've stuttered their way to the All-Ireland semi-final and that's hard to disagree with uh, but you know they, they are still the standard bears in the game they have a good recent record against Galway even though those matches have been very tight and you know the ultimate test for Galway on, on Saturday evening match is Limerick tend to go with a two-man two full forward line isolation Galan who's been in great form this year Seamus Flanagan is streaky he's either very good or you're looking for him on the field and it, it depends how Galway are going to cope with that and if Limerick do line out with with his chosen half back line, Galway are really going to have to rethink their puckouts because if they're landing ball on top of that half back line, there's only going to be one winner. What you say about rethinking puckout strategy? Could this Limerick team almost be designed to put doubt in Henry Shefflin's mind that it gives a sort of a psychological advantage to Limerick that Galway now are sort of unsure as to how what they're going to be facing and how they go about contracting that. There is an element of that, Matt, no question. But I I, I believe that Galway's predominant focus will be on maximising their own resources. We all know Galway tend to be inconsistent. That's not happening today or yesterday. Uh, They they, they went 12 points behind Dublin in the Leinster semi-final. They fell 8 points in arrears against Kilkenny in the provincial decider. And yet, both both games, they, you know, they do go to draw against Dublin. Probably should have held on against Kilkenny in the Leinster final. So there's nothing wrong with this, with the character in this Galway team. Conor Whelan has been on fire in the last two games. The will have learned off in the league game between the teams at Pierce Stadium last February. Matt Galway surrendered the puck out. To, to Limerick and Limerick were able to work the ball through the lines and really hurt Galway and then in the recent quarter final Tipperary did the same thing against Galway they gave Galway the puck out so that's going to be an intrig- intriguing aspect of, of, of tomorrow evening's game will both teams press up on the opposition's puck out? Jamesy is there a 70 minute performance in this Galway team? 
I think there'll have to be to win, Matt, and, and, and seeing consistency that John alluded to there. I mean, you know, very poor starts, obviously, against Wexford um, and against and against um, Kilkenny, or sorry, against Dublin. They, they were 6-1 up against Kilkenny and then shipped 1-4 without reply. Eight points down, then they outscore Kil- Kilkenny, you know, 1-8 or 1-7 so, to 4 points. So, it, it's as you said, it's, it's stringing that 70-minute you know, consistent performance together. But this is an experienced Galway side. And I was really impressed, Matt, with the way they, they seem to process, you know, the loss to Kenny in the Leinster final. I mean, you know, Parik Manion was interviewed, I think, the day after. He'd moved on. They were looking to the, the Tipperary match. And that was a potential banana skin for them. And you had to be impressed with how Henry got it spot on tactically. Cahill Manion was really influential, sat deep. They, they never looked like, you know, coughing up goals. Um, and obviously, if they'd taken their chances, I mean, it would have been a far more, you know, comfortable victory than a turn out in the end so I thought there was a lot to like about Galway I mean Matt for Dahi Burke Garo McInerney Parik Mannion Joseph Cooney Cahill Mannion you know the clock is ticking these guys now I think are, are you know I think hell bent on adding that second Alarla medal and uh, and I think there's a resolve about, about Galway this year that, that makes them you know a serious challenge for Limerick at the, at the weekend Matt 66 minutes on the clock in last year's game the sides were level Galway didn't take their chances in the end game. Limerick did. That's what separated them. And I don't necessarily think Limerick are better than they were a year ago. I think Evan Nyland, Jack Grealish, you know, Brian Kincannon, a lot of these guys um, are a year further in. I think Kevin Cooney is going to be a good player for Galway going forward. He's able to win his own ball. He's dangerous. And, you know, ahead of that Limerick team been named, I, I actually fancy Galway that they, that they might do it. I'm, I'm less sure, given the 15 John Kiley has, has named, but I still think Galway have a, have a great chance. If they can match just, you know, eliminate the inefficiency that they showed against them. Um, against uh, Tip last time out and as, as you said earlier if they can just produce a consistent performance over the 70 minutes OK to finish our preview of this game Seamus Hickey what do you make of the challenge from this Galway team? So it's funny that James he said that once the Galway team was named I was a little bit uncertain from a Limerick perspective because I, I really like the move of putting Dahi Burke back three on Aaron Galan in terms of trying to nullify that like, Dahi Burke has played extremely well on Galan in the past Um and I like Garod McInerney better at six. I, I just don't think they were a balanced uh, defensive unit when it when it was reversed. I, I I think it was a really good stroke to to swap them. I like the balance in this Galway team. I think it is the best at fifteen they've named this year. Um, but uh, in terms of the challenge, a lot of it is hard to know. But I'd be worried about you know it, it, throughout the second half of Tipperary game, and Tipperary really had no business being in that game. Galway could not put them away. Uh, and it looked like at one, at one stage that they were going to contrive to lose a game that they were dominating from the first whistle. Uh, so, you know, and I've seen from the first half of the, the Dublin game and, you know, the whole middle of the Leinster final, uh, th- there's a vulnerability there. And if, if they're not going to put their chances away, like James, he said, in, they didn't do last year, if they're not going to put their chances away against this Limerick team, I, I don't think they can win. I'm going to stay with you, Seamus, to start Kilkenny against Clare because Kilke- Clare could have won the Munster final against Limerick. In fact, you could argue that they should have won it. Would you expect them to be good enough to come through against Kilkenny to be in the final where you could be meeting them again? I think Clare are the most dangerous team left in the, in the, in the championship, personally. Um, c- compare this to where they were 12 months ago uh, coming off of a wobbly quarterfinal against Wexford. Um, but they had spent everything that they had against Limerick in a Munster final and come out the wrong end of the result after extra time. This year, it's, it's as you alluded to, Matt, there, they could have won the game, absolutely could have won the game. And even with that debated three at the end, could have drawn it to take it on a bit further. I felt like they left something in the tank in the Munster final. And I think their Clare players 
feel that themselves. So I I fancy them I fancy them to really go up against this Kilkenny team and I, I think they're a formidable challenge for Kilkenny this weekend. Jamesy, how comfortable would you be that Clare are not a one-man team, not just the remarkable Tony Kelly, but there are lots of other players who are really running into form this year, particularly Shane O'Donnell. Oh, yeah, I mean it's it's and it's important, obviously, that you know that load is shared up front, and you know I, I think that you know Mark Rogers has arrived as a serious intercounty player. He's been really good and, and realising the potential that we all saw in him. As you said, Shane has been you know consistently dependable, reliable. Peter Duggan has his moments, but we're going to obviously, Matt. I mean, I look back at the first half of this game, you know, that was played last year, and as Seamus said, the Clare were a spent force, both physically and emotionally after the Munster final. I mean, it was 1-7 to six points at half time, game over. But Clare shot themselves in the foot. I mean, they had 11 first half wise, dropped two balls into Owen Murphy, went out totally away, Matt, from the type of game they'd been playing. They went long and direct into a, a Kikini full back line, you know, with ball that Hugh Lawler and co just, just, just gobbled up. So Clare can't afford that level of inefficiency or the bad shot selection, the bad decisions on the ball that we saw evidence of in the first quarter against Dublin last time out and obviously at times in the months in the Munster final. But I think they are in a much better place and there were signs against Dublin that, you know, that they, they looked like they could get goals up front. The movement was very good and they were sharp. And hopefully, and Matt, the big question mark for me and, and, and his name to start at fullback is, is Conor Cleary good to go? Will John Connor be able to take his position six? If those two guys are there, I feel an awful lot better about our chances. But the big dilemma is, will the careful backline hold up to the threat that Owen Cody, TJ Reid, possibly Walter Walsh off the bench will present? It's a big if. If they can, I certainly give us a fighting chance. Because it would look, John, as if Kilkenny have a lot to bring in off the bench, looking at their name team, don't they? Yeah, no question about that, Matt. And I, I think it's almost perverse to say it, but Kilkenny are nearly the forgotten team heading into these All-Ireland semi-finals. And uh, go back 12 months ago, uh, they, they beat Clare up a stick. I know there was mitigating factors for Clare's poor performance on the evening. But I saw them in the Leinster final. They had good periods and bad periods, but they still know how to win tight games. And I'm always anxious, Matt. I said the same thing here, I think, in this evening 12 months ago, when Clare were favourites to beat Kilkenny. They played eight or nine times in the Championship and James's team back in 1997 was the only occasion that Clare had lowered Kilkenny's colours. Richie Reid is back back in defence. Adrian Mullen has made a miraculous recovery from a seemingly very severe thumb injury. He's named at midfield. Martin Cohen has recovered from a hamstring injury and they're probably going to do what they did last year. They're probably going to assign Mickey, Mikey Butler on Tony Kelly, follow him into the dress room if, if, if they have to. And, um, you know, Kilkenny have a goal threat in the first 15 minutes against Dublin I wasn't impressed with Clare um, a better team would have really hurt them Dublin scored two goals in the evening created several other goal chances now and if Conor Cleary has been named to play Matt but how Matt Sharp is he he's been out for you know close to two months it's going to be a big ask for him and uh, from the outside looking in I'm always surprised when Aaron Shanner isn't in the Clare uh, uh, team but as I said I, I'm not privy to how he's going in training because any time I see him I think he's, he's a big threat to Kenny have David Blanchfield hit a whale of a game against Galway uh, in, in the Leinster final and 
they're outsiders to win this game. I think Clare are everything is going to have to fall into place for them to win. And the other thing, Matt, every team has wides in matches, but this Clare team, they're sloppy and careless with routine chances. We all see wides when players are off balance, out on the sideline, having their shots under pressure, but Clare are missing too many sitters. If their conversion rate improves, it could be a great day for Clare hurling, hurling, but I still think they have lots to prove against Kilkenny team that has come under the radar a little bit. They're Leinster champions and they will revel in the tag of being underdogs. Jamesy, what do you make of that analysis of Clare? It's spot on, Matt. I mean, you can't argue any of the points that John, that John has made. And I mean, this is the ultimate test. Kilkenny, you know, again... Do you have a thing about playing Kilkenny, do you think? I don't think so, Matt, but they don't, like, they, Kilkenny don't beat themselves. And, and, like, I mean, there's no change in terms of, you know, the consistency of performance that you're, that you're seeing under Derek, you know, following on from Brian Cody. I mean, it's just still the same values are there, the work rate, the intensity, the physicality. They give you absolutely nothing. You have to earn it all. And there was no better evidence of that, Matt, than those dying seconds of that, that Leinster final when, you know, Galway had ample opportunities to, to clear their lines. And Kilkenny just hounded them in submission and, and, and created that chance out of nothing that won them that won them the game. Listen, Clare can't afford to, to, to have, you know, the wide count in double digits. Clare, Clare can't afford not to take the goal chances to present themselves. And Clare are going to have to play better than they've played all year, Matt, to, to, to win. And as I said, I, I think Kilkenny are, are favourites. They're certainly favourites in my eyes, given the, the, the gap between the teams, you know, from last year. But if you're a Clare player, you have to be hurting, Matt, that the complete no-show no last year, you know, the, the hope they travelled up in and the, the, the devastating disappointment that, you know, we didn't even land a blow on, on, on Kilkenny. And I think it's said there'll be a result in the clear players okay. to, to certainly do better. But Matt, they have a lot to do to win. I'm going to leave the last word to you, Seamus Hickey. Do you see this as a Kilkenny win? I don't. I, I, I would back Clare. And again, I suppose it is it is kind of hinging on Conor Cleary and John Conlon being fit, but they're they're named. I think, you know, anything that I've heard from, from the, the Clare camp is that John Conlon's definitely 100% good to go. Then Conor Cleary, it's about his match sharpness. But I do think this Clare team are a super team. I think Mark Rogers, uh, as James, he said, he's real. Uh, and I, I think it really takes the load off of Tony and Shane. So yeah, for me, I, I'm, I'd be seeing Clare win this day. This on Sunday. Okay, I'm going to leave it there with all of you. Thank you very much. Seamus Hickey, James O'Connor and John McIntyre for being with us. Of course, we will uh, review the games on Monday during the Last Word on Sport. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today.